0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. As we've been mentioning throughout this season, as we've been talking about the season of Advent and Subara, it's a lot of things filled with good announcements. A lot filled with good news. And with this good news, we hear sort of the same thing every year. And at the same time, we read the announcement of the angel to Elizabeth, we hear the announcement of the angel to Joseph and Mary, we hear all these different announcements, and each year we spend this month in preparation for the birth of Christ, just thinking of what God announced, how they responded, and what He did for them. I think as we do this, as time goes on, many of us, especially for those of you that have been in the church and are more seasoned to say it nicely, to be in the church continuously year after year after year, it almost seems like it's repetitive. It almost seems as if everything that we're repeating as if this good news that we're announcing to the world, it almost seems like it's old news. It almost seems as if every time we hear it, we hear, okay, I know this, I've heard it, it's been beaten to death. What's next? What else? But the church, understanding the scriptures, understanding the story of Christ, understanding all of it, knows that when it pronounces and announces this good news to the world and repeats these announcements year after year after year, it tells the story as if it's the first time you've ever heard it. The church understands that this gospel that has been announced, yes, it was announced 2,000 years ago, But there was an entire setup that happened thousands of years before Christ. It comes to us differently every year. And it reaches our ears differently every single time. And why? It's because the Bible is not a dead gospel. The Bible is alive. The Bible is the living word of God. It's not a dead word that is written on a paper by some people who knew Jesus and it's just to be stored away in a a book. No, the Bible is a written word of God that is alive so that when it is preached, it doesn't stay on a paper, it gets written on the hearts of believers. And so they say the Bible is ever ancient, but it's ever new. Which is the same thing as Jesus. Jesus Himself is ever ancient, but ever so new and relatable to you living in the end of 2023. And when the church is doing this, whenever the church repeats anything, it's not that it's repeating something just out of force of habits. Whenever the church repeats anything, it makes that thing present, it does a memorial. Just like the Mass, the Mass is the same thing every time. We have different readings, of course, but the Mass is a memorial, it's making present the graces and the events of the past that exist in eternity. The passion, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus was something, yes, that happened in the past, Whenever we make a memorial of it, it's as if that grace, it's it's as if that salvation is here and now. And so the passion, death, burial and resurrection, which we do here at the Mass, which we memorialize, we're not doing a repeat. We're not killing Jesus over again. But we're making present that one sacrifice which happened once and for all for anyone who Christ lived and died for. And so, the church presents it again. The church brings it to us. Yes, as we said, as if it's the first time it's ever been told, and as if if it's the first time you've ever heard it. Not because there might be people in this church who don't know about God. It's not that there might be people in this church who are walking in and the outside world needs to learn about Jesus. No, it's less about the outside world that the church preaches this gospel and tells this good news. It's because that there might be some people in this church, and by some, I mean every single person who's walked through those doors today, that there's some parts of our hearts where this good news, this light of the world has not reached just yet. That this light of Jesus, this announcement that Jesus is born, that He came to die for us, that there's maybe parts of us that almost don't believe that that is fully true. Maybe we believe it, but we've forgotten it. Maybe we know it, but we don't live like it's true. We see in the Gospel today, Zechariah is this messenger. He's a messenger to Zach. uh, Sorry. In the gospel we see the angel tells Zechariah, and finally, after Zechariah is silenced, someone who should have known that there was gonna be a messenger preparing the way of the Lord coming in the spirit of Elijah. He should have known that this stuff was gonna come about and it was gonna take place. He was a priest. When he heard the announcement, he knew that something would go down. He knew it, but it was hard for him to believe. How many of us are in that situation where we know the story? We know what's been told to us, but we still find it hard to be true. So it was only after some repetition and after some silence that Zechariah actually came to believe that yes, this is that this son that is going to be announced to me, his name is going to be John, and his name is going to be John because God has remembered us in mercy. Yohanan means God is merciful. And so the repetition of the church, just like as it happened with, John, with Zachariah and John and Elizabeth, this repetition is to help, help us faithful to arrive at certain truths. First, it's to help us to believe that God is at work in all things in our life. The good and the bad. Everything that happens, whether it's good, whether it's the best thing, We give thanks to God and we recognize Him. Whether it's the worst thing, even that, we recognize that God has permitted it and He can bring good out of the worst thing that could happen to anybody. And why do we believe that to be true? It's because if He did it to Jesus, He can use whatever bad has happened to you and turn it good, and turn it to be to your benefit.
1: And we believe that
0: first. And sometimes, it's not just to believe that God is working good, but it's also to help us to arrive at the truth that God exists. That God exists. You're probably looking at me like, Father, yeah, of course we believe God exists. Why else would we be here in this church today? Seems like you're not just preaching to the choir, but you're preaching... This thing, yeah, get us to something else. Tell us something else. Yeah, we know God exists. But no, it's not just to believe. It's not enough to know these things. We sometimes believe, yes, as we've been taught and as we know, that yes, God is true, God exists. But we only believe it interiorly, maybe interiorly less, yes, we believe that God exists, but exteriorly we look as if we're living no different lives than maybe an atheist or an agnostic or anybody else. We're called to be the light of the world, we're called to be the salt of the earth. And so, yes, maybe we believe that God is around, but to believe that God exists means we have to be radically different means we have to go against the grain. It means we have to remember that God is not just existing, but that He's a good God, that He's a good Father, that He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to suffer and to die for me. And how often do we let that truth animate and change the rest of our lives? So many of us maybe profess with our mouths that God is true. But by our lives, we profess something else. And in Jesus Christ, we see not just that God exists, but we see the extent of His love for you and me. And we hope that every time we preach this, every time we repeat this, not, it's not so much that we want you to know that God exists, but you can get to a point where you can say, wow, I never knew that God was like that. That you can get to a point in your life where when you experience Jesus, when you experience the Lord, you can say, wow, God, I thought I knew him, but he's showing me so much more of himself. We repeat this news Why? It's because we sin so often. We sin so often that sometimes we get so far from the truth that God is a God of forgiveness. And that this forgiveness invites us to change. This forgiveness invites us to be transformed. And so many of us, we just become hardened by our sin. Our hearts become so hardened to believe that, you know, maybe this forgiveness is not for me. That maybe, God, I've done something too wrong. I've done something too bad. I've been way too far that God can't forgive someone like me. And we preach this truth that John the Baptist has come preparing the way of the Lord for Jesus to come. That when you see Jesus Christ, you can say, Behold, this is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins, not just of the world, but takes away the sins that I have committed, and He's died for them, so that I could live. We preach this truth, so not, not just so that you know it, and you read it, but you believe it, and you live like that's true. And we repeat this news, So that by this forgiveness, God can recover what was forfeited by our sin. He can bring us from strangers of God to His children, to enemies, from enemies, to His beloved friends. And so today, we thank God that He's given us this church to repeat to us these truths, that they can be sown in our hearts, reminding us He's here, He loves us, and wishes for us to walk in the peace of Christ. And for that, we give thanks to Him, His Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, now, at all times, and forever. Amen. Amen.